0: Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, onto the episode. <music> Hey everyone, just a heads up: this episode does include explicit content, so um, just so you're aware of that. Also, this conversation is um, between just myself, Lauren, with a friend, Barry Galaska. She's an artist, um, and she speaks on her experience um, as as a woman and her uh, interpretation of men and women and the stereotypes. And although we as a podcast and Adam and I, uh, we do understand and uh, we do validate all genders, um, we also validate other people's experiences. And so um, in this conversation, we talk about, uh, yeah, like I said, stereotypes and um, just her personal experiences. So I also wanted to give that as a little bit of clarity and a heads up before the episode begins. Thanks so much. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. Today we have Barry Galaska, Easy Breezy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Barry, you're you know you're an artist and you are a zodiac queen, which I love. Yeah. Uh, we talk about yeah. astrology and we talk about politics and we talk about uh, culture and how we agree on on almost everything that is controversial and everything in between. And it's great. And we love that. Yeah, we love it. It's hard to it's hard to find because we're so I mean, right now we're so divided between like a left and right situation. And, you know, all the labels of progressive, conservative, liberal and all of that. But there's just it's just so binary and there's just so much. Yeah. Other, there's so many gray areas. And uh, I hate it. Things, things are things that matter a lot. And things that don't matter a lot. I love that you and I just l- love to go into all those conversations.
1: We vibe. You're literally a very unique relationship in my life. <laughs> I have, right.
0: I, I feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's we just always looked, together. Yeah. He's looking over at me and he's always like, who are you messaging? And I'm like, well, who do you think? I mean, I'm always yeah. messaging people, but like whenever it's like a long conversation, he sees me like, <sharp noise> yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, it's Barry
1: for sure. <laughs> oh my God, I love that.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you uh, wanted to do another podcast and do another episode. Um, so, today, you know, we're going to talk about uh, a couple things. But first, I did want to start with your single, um, Man Can't hang uh so it's it's a banger it's a bop and (laughs) honestly the thing is when it first came out i was like i feel like i know this song which is a great thing to like hear feel experience you know as an artist somebody who writes a song you're like hey if somebody feels familiar or a song feels familiar you've you've hit a nerve like you've connected so Mm -hmm. well done
1: Thank you and thanks for having me back Of
0: course And
1: yeah I'm super excited to be on today And our our thing is kind of In times with Man Can't Hang Being like the match breaker mm-hmm. So I just want to throw that in there That's mm-hmm. our theme today mm-hmm, But yeah <laughs> But yeah Man Can't Hang is my Was the first song I like Started working on um, When I decided to like start working on new music mm-hmm. Last year mm-hmm. So or last year I guess 2019 last year is now 2020 that's confusing yeah it is Uh, but yeah but I'm glad you like Men Can't Hang yeah Yeah, people people feel really like I'm getting good response from it like I said it's a song about like just like men can't hang they're so sensitive and so easy to provoke and it's just my I just wanted to write a song that was as like cocky and ridiculous Mm-hmm. As so many male
0: have you, rappers, I, I'm I'm are. interesting because uh, I'm I'm interesting. I'm interested because the the world that we both often live in is more of a progressive uh, bubble, you know, social circles and things like that. Uh, you know, saying men can't hang, of course, I love it, and I and I so many people do love it. Have you ever have you heard from anybody that's like? tried to give you flack in the progressive world who's like, well that's that's sexist or that's like binary or that's have you experienced mm-hmm. any of that?
1: Um no actually I haven't unless maybe people have thought it and didn't say it. I don't know, but I the general response is like my like I said when my personal trainer heard it, she was like, this I should leave my husband, you know? <laughs> and
0: yeah. um And why did she <clears throat> feel that way? Like from the song for people who haven't heard it, like what what do you think would have inspired her to leave her husband?
1: Um, well, the song's about, like, Man Can't Hang ain't part of the gang. Mm-hmm. It's all over, baby for the yang. You okay. don't fit in if you don't got the yin. Go French on your ass. I say it's fin. Because the yang is masculine energy and the yin-yang and the yin is feminine. Mm-hmm. feminine. So, gang, yang. Got that rhyme. And then <laughs> fin is, like, Finnish in French or whatever. Yeah. I, whatever. She was like she's like I guess no she's like in her late 30s or whatever so I guess like not exactly our generation but she was saying in her generation that it was just expected that men like and she's from Poland like my mom that you're supposed to make men happy and do everything for them and giving everything into your marriage to like make it work and like Right. Do everything for the kids and your husband and stuff to make it happy. And she's like like a
0: shell of a person, basically.
1: Yeah. And then he just, you know, does whatever the fuck he wants and is thoughtful. And when, you know, when they they start buying you presents that are really presents for them. Like, Oh, let's get a new TV. And it's like, well, he wanted a new TV and it's not really thoughtful for them or whatever. Yeah. So she was just like, I loved how you were just like, so empowered in your own spot, owning what you want and what you like and how you're great and amazing. And da da so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it's about. Men can't, men can't hang is about how they literally, if you love yourself and are touting about yourself, they just like have to cut you down immediately um and then about how if you critique anything of theirs they like can't take any kind of criticism mm-hmm. like i recently wrote another song about how like white men love radiohead and it's like <laughs> if you say you hate radiohead they fucking lose their shit yeah. same with anchor man that movie <laughs> isn't funny sorry how you hilarious. know so if you criticize anything of theirs, they just like freak the fuck out. Right. That's how they're so sensitive. Meanwhile, women get thrown all this shit at them. And like, we're still like powering through and like taking over. Right. You know, they couldn't handle anything.
0: And there's this, so. you know, a, a lot of this is like blanket statements. Of course, like we're all individuals can rise above stereotypes. But what this is, is this is a general, your experience. And like the stereotypes typically are there for a reason. It typically holds true. Um, mm-hmm. and so for you being in a relationship with a man, um, how, how does that, how does he react to these, your opinions like this or mm-hmm. your passion? Um, like wh- what is that dynamic like?
1: Well, my current man hates men. So he's the best kind of man. <laughs> um, so he loves it. Yeah. My, my ex was also about it but there was definitely a lot more like questioning of my my feelings I Mm -hmm. guess Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he's like well you can't like say this about all guys or whatever questioning the experience just the female experience is always questioned right but so that's what I didn't appreciate but my new man's is like yes fuck men
0: yeah you know so that's great. Oh, a little shout out to the new man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I mean, Adam loves the song, too. And it's interesting because, yeah, I mean, as much as I, I do try to stick away or stay away from um stereotypes or I try to stay away from the binary or things like that, it's also like you've got to be able as an artist, especially you have to be able to sp- speak your truth without having to tiptoe all the time and make sure that everybody's okay Mm -hmm. and everybody's like approving of the message and you're like it's not a message it's just my story it's just like my exactly oh my god exactly lauren that's exactly what it is (laughs) women
1: tell their stories and it's like oh my god you're making me uncomfortable like i wanted i didn't i didn't want not that i was trying to make people uncomfortable but i was just trying to write like super unfiltered and like yeah, not try and make people comfy and not edit anything. That's like really what the verses and the the rap bits are all about. I
0: don't think you were trying and and a lot Mm -hmm. of artists, I feel like go through this, like you're not trying to and I did, you know, especially when I was in Christian music. I'm not (laughs) I I still deal with this in 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 mainstream, but I'm not trying to to like teach a message. You Mm -hmm. know, it's music really isn't about that. Um, I feel like music is just, it should be just about that personal, that person's personal experiences. And hopefully it makes, makes you feel like, Oh, maybe I'm not the only one who feels like this. And I feel like that should be the general message. Be like, Oh yeah, yeah, I've gone through that. Oh yeah. And that might not be right. Or that might not be like PC or that might not be whatever whether it's, you know, your audience is more of conservative or progressive or somewhere in between. It's like, it's not about, it's not about staying, um, I don't know, off of the hard topics. It's just about writing about your life and your perspective.
1: Yeah. And pointing out like the double standards that I guess I'm trying to just think of, um, verse one where I'm saying like, I, ha- I was kind of having this idea of like being internationally touring whenever touring can come back. Yeah. But like I need an accountant to handle my shit, international money coming out and in. So that's instating like I'm rich mm-hmm. UK to Florida, LA to Nash, British boy, praise the impeccable gash and gash is like slang for pussy from this mm-hmm. show called the in-betweeners. <laughs> so I was like, here's my British boys, fucking them in England, hopping over to America. And then I talked back, got a big mouth on me. I'm from the South 94 Jack's beach, whatever. Shout out to Florida. Um, <laughs> and and uh I'm a st- when I what is, I'm a stallion and you in the stable s- stuff like those all those lyrics in verse one, I'm talking about how if I'm touring and sleeping with a bunch of guys all over the world or whatever, yeah, or if I'm touring and maybe in a relationship and not sleeping with a bunch of guys, maybe I'm just in a relationship but always touring, like women are seen as like, oh, you're not the marriage is falling apart or whatever but mm-hmm. if a guy is touring all over the world it's like romanticized it's just like obvious stuff like that right like i'm just you know what i mean yeah and in verse two i'm like uh oh my god what are the lyrics you know when you're trying to think of lyrics and you can't think of them when yeah.
0: you're not singing it especially when they're um, your own you're just like oh that's, yeah i don't know
1: yeah what is uh i make a lot of noise about myself who else gonna believe in me like i'm santa and the elves I'm a myth, I'm a legend, everybody you No know my name. I got a playbook in my pocket, only I in win the game. So I was saying I'm a myth, I'm a legend, like Santa and the elves, because like that's a makeup thing. And when you're trying to go for a huge dream, like it literally feels out of reach and impossible and like invisible and make-believe, mm-hmm. just like Santa and the elves, like it's so far off. Yeah. So that like childhood magic of believing in Santa and stuff is the same kind of like magic and blind optimism and faith you have to have in like these big dreams that you have. And I feel like a lot of women are just say, actually, the dream that you should want is even today is like being in a relationship and having kids, maybe not kids as much pressure anymore, but like being in a relationship or if you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, it's like you have to marry into society's dream. So yeah. I'm saying like no, hold on to your childhood belief in in what you want just like Santa and the elves. And also I always think <clears throat> parents like they have you and you're a little kid like I have a framed picture of me when I'm like 5 years old and I always look at her and I think me and you talk about this that you have the same thing too. It's like parents have kids, they have all these hopes and dreams and then you grow up and like just settle down and mm-hmm. fucking die and no one fucking cares. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like right your parents have so many dreams for you. Like so many people just settle down and have kids and project their dreams onto their kids. Fucking people who say mini me's for their kids have got to go. Oh, but yeah, you just, they just have kids because they give up on themselves and then put all that bullshit on their kids. And you know, like,
0: there's I, a better I, way I, to I, do it. There is definitely a better way to do it. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Like so many women just give up on themselves so fucking fast.
0: because so, they think, Yeah. So like for the match breaker situation, like you brought that up. Yeah. And you brought up, was that your, who, who was that, that talked to you about like leaving their husband? Uh, The trainer. The trainer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whenever you first told me about that and we were talking about like man can't hang and inspiring people to, to break up basically. Mm -hmm. I think part of that is Empowerment. And it, it's like giving permission, right? So everybody, I feel like so many people, especially women, um, are j- just always looking for that permission slip to be happy mm-hmm. or to chase their dreams or to, you know, not settle. I feel like there's a lot of settling, even if it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, even if it's not like a horrible, abusive relationship, there's still a there's still an element of, well, settling means you're not really achieving anything. You're not like dreaming anymore. And that's that can be just as dangerous. And that can be just as lethal mm-hmm. to you as a, as a spirit, as a soul, as a human. Like mm-hmm. it, it can it can slowly kill you. And you know, an 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 element of my life that I that I don't get get to talk about on podcasts very often is the fact that I broke up with my ex fiance, you know, I literally was mm-hmm. going to get married to someone else. Um, and not Adam, <laughs> I didn't eventually get married to Adam, but you know, I, yeah. I was going to get married and I called it off like five months before five months, I think. Yeah. Five months before the wedding. And I just sent out, saved the dates to over 200 addresses. So it's a, that's like not just people, like it was going to be a a big ass wedding. And so I
1: think I got got one of those. I think
0: you did. I, yeah, a a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people got those and you know, I, I sent them out and then it was like a week later I ended up calling it off. And, um, so that being said, everyone like everyone in my circle, my parents circle, my, like every circle Uh got the, the save the date and then was like calling me, texting me, emailing me, be like, Oh, I just got this. Y'all look so cute. This is so cool. I can't wait. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you can throw it in the trash.
1: Yeah. And which it's my favorite thing you've ever done in your life. I think it's just,
0: yeah, it's one one of my favorite things too. It's just like, it's the thing. It's the thing that changed my life. Um, honestly, it, it, it really, really, really changed me. I would say like one other thing before, before I broke up with, My ex. The one other thing that was like kind of life altering, just because it started to shift my narrative a little bit, was you know I went I went vegan like uh, a year in a Mm -hmm. hat, like a year before I broke up with. That, that ex. So anyway, mm-hmm. that was like the first thing that I was like going against the grain of how I grew up. And also I was touring in the Christian world. And so being vegan was like super weird because like everybody loves bacon in yeah. in Christianity. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was the first step. But then the biggest step, like the actual truest change in my life is whenever I broke up with my ex, because essentially I I publicly failed and I air quotes failed because I I, I don't think that's a failure to call off a wedding uh-huh. or anything like that. But I think in the social public eye, it would be seen as something that didn't work. So yeah, that's, it's, it's like a fail. It's like a failure yeah. of, of things, a yeah. failing. And so calling off my wedding and that entire relationship so publicly gave me the confidence to do that over and over again, no matter what it was, whether it was love or, um, relationships or, or spirituality. And then, from then, I quickly fell in love with Adam and our whole story, you know, started to de- develop very yeah. near that time. That,
1: <laughs> that story was the blueprint to my current story. Yeah. <laughs> when right. I started falling into crazy love with my man, <laughs> I literally was desperately calling you like, what is happening? <laughs> and you <laughs> coached me through it.
0: <laughs> Don't you feel? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely get into that and in, in how it just feels like you're absolutely on drugs. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I, you know, falling in love with Adam and then realizing that happiness, I was like meant to actually be happy, um, and, mm-hmm. and, and realizing, you know, that martyrdom isn't closest to holiness. Like I had my whole life believed, but instead wholeness was closest to holiness mm-hmm. and embodiment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I always say I, I prayed or I, I spoke, I, you know, whatever you want to call it to, to God or. Um, the universe saying, it, I'm so happy. And if if being happy is wrong, like I'm happy being wrong. Like I'm yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it. This is where I want to be. This is how I want to be. Yes. And I just heard a voice back being like, who do you think I am? Of, of course I want you to be happy. And no matter what you believe in, whether that's God or, you know, ethereal or if you believe God within or if you believe in universe or energy or karma or whatever, like that voice said, who do you think I am? Of course, I want you to be happy. And then my life was changed Uh after that. And I was like, oh my God, Uh I can actually chase happiness. Uh And that was so life altering.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you, I think, well, I grew up in the Catholic church. You grew up in Christianity. Mm -hmm. I feel like you might have felt more in your because I didn't really give a fuck about what was happening in my Catholic thing from <laughs> like second grade I was like how is Jesus the Holy Spirit and God the same person that makes no damn sense <laughs> so but you you were a condition you know to not happiness does like you said martyrdom is closer to holiness so that was the big revelation for you right that wholeness is holiness you have permission to be happy yeah I I don't think my feeling I, I guess I wouldn't say it the exact same way with the happiness. I don't think mine came so much from the Catholic church. I feel like it was more societal mm, school mm. conditioning to me. To, yeah. Go into that. Having um, feeling like I have to check certain boxes be- and before I can go for it. Mm. I think me and you talked about a little like if a woman and a man are at the same job and there's a promotion coming up. And there's the list of things they want for the promotion. You need to have these requirements. A woman will go down the box, will check off six of the 10, mm-hmm. say, oh, I haven't checked off all 10. I can't go for that promotion. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The man will check off one or none. And like he said, I can wing it. I'd go for the promotion. And this, and, and that's
0: not a negative thing about men at all. Actually, no. what we're saying is that women should yeah. be able to be like, oh, I'm just as capable. Yes.
1: And, and I... Yes, exactly. And like fake it till you make it and just like go for it and wing it. Because from such a young age, like even how they divide boys and girls in school, boy, boys go do sports. And what is the lesson you learn in sports, whether it's skateboarding or football or basketball, you're going to fail a lot. So from a young age, they're constantly, quote unquote, failing and trying again. But girls are not put in these kind of scenarios where you're skateboarding and falling off your skateboard and getting back up. So men are conditioned from a young age. They're they can hop into something new and falling off and getting back up is very comfortable for them where women feel like if they fall off, like the world is doomed.
0: Mm. You see what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I certainly (laughs) felt that, you know, I had a like little perfection anxiety as a kid and young adult of like checking those boxes. And that's actually one of the first things I, Mm -hmm. uh, I went to counseling for was, Mm -hmm. was, those those boxes and perfection anxiety and having to present or be seen in a specific way and and for me it wasn't it wasn't just like the perfect woman way it was just whatever way that somebody once saw me and this was in college actually um (laughs) if somebody thought of me as the quiet human and you know was like to myself if they thought that mm-hmm. of me, I felt responsible to uphold their perspective of me. Or and then yeah. and then in the same in the same day and in the same hallway, if I know somebody else, you know, had the perspective that I was like funny, a go-getter and like cracked jokes and like was like a silly whatever person like I would yeah. feel the responsibility because of that one yeah. time they saw me be funny and crack jokes because I was in that mood that day to always uphold yeah. that perspective for them. Like mm-hmm. I felt a responsibility to keep their their the identity of me in their head alive. I don't and yes. I don't really know why and I'm not sure like how that was conditioned in me, but then of course that was the thing that in counseling, you know, she told me that everybody your life, your life is like a movie, it's like a constant you it's a constant movement, but then pe- people their perspectives of you are literally just still shots of that movie, and it's not mm-hmm. your responsibility which still shot they they get and they keep you know, and so I think wow, there's
1: a lot of it like that was yeah, a I, really good aha moment. Right. Wow. I th-
0: and I think so that was like it that was sophomore year in college. And um Girl, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> well, before yeah, I, I was in a I was in a rough place. Maybe that was junior year, I don't know. I was it, it was a it was a hard time. I I really didn't know what to do with myself. So I probably didn't speak up much about what was going on inside. Yeah. Um and and part of that was the problem, really. And I think that's why I've kind of become obsessed <laughs> I don't know if obsessed yeah. is the right word but I I well, kind of have become obsessed yeah. with like sharing mm-hmm. and and also tearing mm-hmm. people's perf- perspectives of me down cuz I'm just like no that, you can't That's such a down.
1: how you said that like well that reminds me of you want to uphold how other you think other people perceive you cuz we're conditioned to keep the temperature of the room mm. at a certain temperature so these are ten people's personas of me. Mm-hmm. I need to uphold all of those, so the room stays the right temperature and expectations are met. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we we should not break expectations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Dad, yeah, that's that's what that reminds me of, and how we're supposed plays into like control and stuff like that. Um. Yeah. Even and and when I say like I'm writing these songs to I. Like these songs are like my most confident, most idealized Mm. self. But like, obviously, I still do shit that I'm like, why did I do that? Like, for instance, I went to a chiropractor right this week and I went to this woman and she was good, but she like wasn't necessarily strong enough. Right. And Mm. so I then saw a guy in her same practice and I wanted I got an adjustment from him. It was a way better adjustment. And I called the secretary and I felt guilty for asking for the guy again because like they originally signed me to the girl and like the guys only there on the weekends or whatever and I was like I really want to go to him but I like felt so much guilt like and I felt like the receptionist was having this like attitude with me because I was supposed to go to the girl because she was my original one and all this stuff and it's like at the end of the day like I'm the patient and I can decide who's Mm. the best one for me but Mm. I had all this guilt that I was changing the expectations of I'm supposed to go to this one doctor and now I want to go to the other one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like rocking the boat. And it's like, I'm paying for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and why? I still have- why do
0: we feel yeah. that way?
1: Like, why I do don't you think know. that happens to us? I don't know. I especially feel it with like doctor's
0: appointments. Oh, I don't know yeah. why that's like, Same, same. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. there's just like, I don't know. There's something in our generation that's like somehow terrified of like doctors, but specifically, it's like. The receptionist. The receptionist. At the <laughs> doctor's offices.
1: I am terrified. I'll do whatever they say. I
0: know. Like, I literally I am the same.
1: I don't know. I don't know why. It's really weird. That is so okay. funny. It's that is not just you.
0: <laughs> such a. But I feel like other people must feel that way. No, it's like you've gotta. Because I I know there's so many like memes and different like yeah. things that joke about how like well millennials and Gen Z like we can like what is like um yeah. I don't know, protest and like, you know, be like aggressive and like speak our mind and like hold rallies and do all this stuff. But like, we're scared to make, to like make a phone call to set up our appointments.
1: You know what? I just thought, okay, Karens, we don't like Karens, obviously. Karens are bad (laughs) in, in the, in the term of Karens we're talking about, yeah, you know? Right. However, where are the bills of the world or whatever you know mm. at the root of a karen is a woman being upset about a situation mm-hmm. and voicing her opinion mm-hmm. so some karens are voicing their racist opinions and we don't like them however maybe there's some internalized like if i speak up and make a quote unquote mm. complaint karen?
0: about
1: our uh, i'm a karen mm-hmm. even if it's mm-hmm. something about like i want to go to a different doctor. Now I'm a care. You that's know what I true.
0: mean? That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And so, yeah. yeah, we've, we've, we've made a caricature out of Karen, but yeah, you said, why not Bill? I think I did her like here once, like of like Kevin maybe, or like, yeah. Like, but Kevin seems too young. I feel like Bill would work better. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. We're always, there's always like a demonizing of a woman character who's demanding or who's changing things up and, mm -hmm. you know, wants things different. And whether that's, you know, being bossy or a bitch or a Karen, like, you know, it's, it's, there's all different names for it, but it's essentially the same sort of uh, demands. The root of it is that there's, there's just as
1: many bills out there, but they're not getting the horrible press. There's just as many racist bills as there are racist Karens, but it's Karen is the one that's demonized, which then, you know, As a whole, the bills are ignored. No one pays attention to them. So that when other men speak up about something that they're not happy about, not a racist thing, but a man wants to, I don't know, changes in, like, phone bill insurance, I don't know, and speaking to customer service, like, they feel entitled to... Which they should if they don't like the service they're getting. Right, women, you know. But then women who are just trying to speak up with that then feel like, oh, I'm grouped in this stereotype of the Karen. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I mean it's so true. It's so true. And I just, it's just at this point we recognize that we acknowledge it, and it's just a matter of practice. Truly practicing, yeah, the um the autonomy we have and the the right that we have to do what's best for us or do what's best for our loved ones or do what's best for the world or whatever. And, and, Mm -hmm. or or do what's just like better. Like it doesn't have to be what's best. It's just what's better. And I think that's just as important.
1: Yeah. And, and I also think how many, how many men have also called off weddings? But I've never, I've never heard of it. But it's
0: ha- it has to be a thing. Yeah, I mean, I know I have a friend who did. Um, they're see, they're ma- actually back together though, so I don't know if it yeah.
1: counts. Yay! But <laughs> I don't but really know. Yeah, and yeah, this whole I was listening to some Oprah episode, and she's like, women see the potential. In things. Mm. This was Women see the potential in everybody but themselves, and men see the potential in themselves. That's what it comes down to. Women says, Let me fix my man, let me let me fix make great kids, let me, you know, build someone else's business. But men see the potential in themselves. So mm. they're gonna they they believe in themselves if they go for another job or do something risky that they can figure it out.
0: You know, I I do, I do agree. And I feel that I feel like sometimes though, and I think you might uh, resonate. I feel like I, I have generally had more confidence than some of my other female peers. Um, yeah. and I, I, don't know what, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just cause like the things that make me up and the stars in the sky and being a Virgo, mm-hmm. who knows, you know, like, I mm-hmm. I don't know, or it could be a, another personality thing or just the way I, I, I grew up. I don't know, but I do Mm -hmm. feel I do feel capable, um, but it's like it's just back to that change. Like uh, if I make a choice and then I change my mind, it's that's the permission I've been giving myself these past couple of years is and, and since I broke up with my ex, it's like it's okay to like change your mind or change who you are or change what you believe or change the narrative or change your perspective or change your tradition. Like, yeah, it's okay. And it's, it's more than okay because this life, you know, I, I, I like, I, th- I can't remember who said it. Um, I think it was on Oprah's actually, her podcast or maybe it was Liz, Liz Gilbert. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember which one it was. One of the Queens said, yep. you know, life, life is, life is long and I am young.
1: Oh. And,
0: you know, you always hear life is short, whatever. Yeah, and I I don't like that. That's like not my jam. And mm-hmm. I I like to believe that life. I mean, life is long, and and we are young, and there are so many opportunities for us to create and then build and tear it back down, or mm-hmm. start something and then change our mind, or it, like that's that's yeah. an important part. Of it's a school. Life. It's the
1: Earth School. That's what Oprah says.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we.
1: People always think, I have to figure it out. No, actually, the whole reason, if you're spiritual, I believe we're spirits that come and live many lives. Mm -hmm. Spirit world, there's no friction. You have to have friction in order to grow. Mm -hmm. And the only way for spirits to grow is to come to the earth school, live the human experience, which is very messy and convoluted, Mm -hmm. learn a bunch of lessons and then go back to the spirit world. So when people are trying to control and make everything perfect and master their emotions and all this stuff, I don't think that's good. Not that you can be some flaming anger management dragon, but you (laughs) shouldn't feel bad for having all these things and changing things up. Like we need to like, what's considered messy is, is not like a bad thing. Like we right. should feel all the stuff so we can grow. Cause right. if you're just not doing that, you're going to stay at spirit age one. And trust me, I know some someone's not like, I them. was, I was just
0: going to say, like, I feel like, I feel um. like some, some, if in that, in that, um, in the spirit of that ideology, um, I, I, I do think that, perhaps some people never really do learn that it doesn't have to be perfect and those are young like it's like young mm-hmm. souls and it's like they haven't lived many lives or they've i don't know i feel, or or maybe it's just tortured mm-hmm. soul honestly i don't i don't know there's not this is all speculation this is all like i have no yeah. idea but um i do i do know that that's just that is kind of what changed my life was realizing that i'm allowed to change my mind and i i'm allowed mm-hmm. to change direction so But I mean, Mm -hmm. back to you and back to your song and back to your relationships and back to the blueprint that you said that my relationship kind of helped create a blueprint for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Why? How? Explain.
1: (sighs) Well, I was in a relationship with my ex for, I guess, mm, I guess a full three years, maybe Mm four-ish. When I first moved to London, he was someone I worked with, as you know, and I think when I, I, this is what I think he was my twin flame. When I initially met him, there was Mm -hmm. like this instant chemistry thing, Yeah, but he was all, so that was good. But then I was like, actually, I don't think I'm that super attracted to him, but then he was a producer and I I was like super young, like just in London. Okay. This producer I can work with. So then I kind of like fell into this relationship that, you know what i mean but not in like a falling in love way i was kind of like well i'm working with him and i think i like him and i guess he does he is kind of my type and he is funny and we do get along but there was never that like like sensual insane chemistry that until meeting my current one i had never experienced i realized that drugged feeling
0: yeah yes
1: yeah and i didn't like think that i didn't know what people were talking about but me and him were dating he was coming back and forth between LA and London. And, um, but I mean, I can't even say it was only music. We were together. That's not it. Cause I did have genuine feelings for him. And when I was in LA, like we weren't working on music, but we were still like in a long distance relationship. But then I I did realize when I would come to London, this before I lived in London full time, I would be filling all of our days with sessions together and not just like having fun together. And, He actually brought up, he's like, "You, we should be wanting to do stuff as like a couple." Mm. And I was like, "I really didn't want to do anything. Like, I just wanted to kind of work together and get a drink at the pub, but that's about it." Yeah. Um. And but then our when when I moved to London, we moved in together. It got super toxic and just like two magnets you're trying to force together, and it's impossible to stick them together. You know, Mm -hmm. like that. That was there was this like thick tension between us, and it was so like. Volatile, and I could just even physically, my body was like, um, just so inflamed, and Mm -hmm. I was so depressed. And but I thought, like, no, I love him, like, we've been together this long, we do have these amazing conversations. So I'm like, we have amazing, fun conversations, we should be together. Do you think the pressure
0: was on you because you were both, I mean, being? on Mm -hmm. being straight and being, like, into you being into guys and him being into girls. Like, uh, and the fact that y'all got along and there was things that you did together and you were often in the same space and often in the same, Mm -hmm. like, energy. What, you know, you think perhaps there was just pressure to be romantically involved just because you were a man and woman living in the same energetic space.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, we... As as things like progress, I became like friends with his friends. And it's the classic like, I'm living in London. All of his friends, all of my friends, are really his friends. Yeah. I was like, if we break up. Your identity I'm not is kind of lost friends. in London. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be lost. He's my. He was my only like person I was really working with. So I felt like my career was like in his hands. I that was a,
0: like that's a thing oh. you said only. Yeah. I feel like anytime I hear people because I you know people talk to me about relationships. Quite a yeah. bit. And when I when people message me and they use the word only when describing a relationship, like, well, he's my only friend or they're my only mm-hmm. blah blah or it's the it's only because whatever. Yeah. If the word only is in there, I'm like, okay, you realize the word only is like literally the same as saying like I'm settling because yeah, I'm scared or I'm nervous or I'm fearful or I'm 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 um I'm attached in a an emotional way that doesn't it's not whole. Only mm-hmm. does not mean whole. It only means a piece. And so anyway, yeah. continue. I just, every time yeah. I hear only, it's just always uh, just creates this like, really buzzword for me. I yeah. Know.
1: We only like OnlyFans. That's the only, only we yeah, like. Yeah, that's the only.
0: <laughs> we stand.
1: <laughs> yeah, we stan OnlyFans. But I could put that in a song. He, yeah. And he was also like, financially, I was like, how the fuck am I going to afford living in London mm. by myself? and there were so many things tied he was also like seven years older than me so he was kind of like a grown-up so like in terms of doing things like finding a flat and knowing how to talk to landlords and like signing up for my nhs health insurance and like doing all this shit like he was like it was almost like like i don't know tashak daddy issues i don't know but (laughs) or
0: like only child issues like only child issues another sibling to kind of go ahead and do it or you know, yeah, and, and I feel like that it, it could be like yes, maybe daddy issues or only mommy issues, issues. Or mommy issues or yeah. whatever. But it's like you move to yeah. a new space and it's like a shield. It's just like a guard yes. against the harsh world.
1: Yes, exactly. And uh, yeah, it was so bad. But the thing we had like had there was one night we would get in these like horrible fights like screaming like crazy and I would run out the house so many times over the years like there was fights where I would leave the house and like in the middle of the night just to get out of there and that but that I'd always come back I, I felt like I was going crazy I was like Barry you keep making the same decision you keep hitting this low point mm. you're Crying, screaming in the middle of the night, fucking crawling out of your skin, wanting to escape it. Promising myself I would never get back into the situation. I was going to leave, then I would go back because of X, Y, and Z. Or the next day he would be nice, and we'd go get a croissant or something. Mm. And I'm like, it's all good. Like there were so many times I promised myself that I was gonna like never let myself be in that situation. It, It wasn't just one fight, but then like the one in particular was just like so bad, and I just like left. He thought I was going to come back because I always came back. Right. And like people, how I present myself, my music and stuff would never think I was in, I I don't know if it's emotionally abusive, but emotionally attached. I don't know. But it was an abusive cycle and self-sabotaging that I was in. Mm -hmm. But one night, finally, I was like, I have to leave. So I went to my friend's house. He let me in at like 2 a.m. I stayed there. And I didn't text from that point on. I didn't text or talk to my ex for like three months. And I totally disappeared. And he was like, what the hell? Like, I literally was just like, I'm coming to get my stuff. Make sure you're not there. And he was so confused. He didn't know what happened. But that's when I was finally like, okay, I like couch surf for two weeks looking for a room. And I did eventually figure it out. And I like got my place in London by myself. And I figured I thought it was like impossible. I remember thinking it was impossible. But when I finally did do that and I got my own space and I was like so like scared. But the first night sleeping there alone, I was like, what the fuck? I felt so alone. Like, no one is here. Mm -hmm. I'm living myself now. I have so many boxes. Um, But I was, like, able to get through it. And so ever since then, like, you're canceling the wedding story. Like, that was my, like, okay, I can be Mm self-sufficient. And I don't need this person. And we actually did eventually kind of get back together for a little bit. But then It was, like, the last
0: hurrah. I was, like, done. It was...
1: Yeah, it was like the last Harab, and I was like, "Nah, this isn't working."
0: So, what was mm-hmm. it like then for you? Whenever you started, um, started your relationship with your current, your current lover, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how how was that different, and and why, you know, why do you think that, like, you knew that it was right? Like, I don't know, just just talk mm-hmm. about that for a second. Well.
1: I'd written down what I wanted in someone. Yeah. And the thing I wanted, because my ex was, I felt like every time I brought up something, he challenged it. Mm -hmm. We talked about devil's advocate. We hate devil's advocate. Yeah. So when I, the way I even started talking to my new one, which is fun, I'd seen a picture of him back in March when me and my ex were kind of in that rekindling phase, kind of. right. I'd seen a picture of I. A picture of him that my friend had showed me. He's like, oh, me and my friends went out. He showed me the picture of him and his friends out, and I was like, who the fuck is that guy? But I was like, kind of seeing my ex still. So again, so I was like, oh, I can't say anything. So then in July, after my ex and I were like finished, I was like, let me text this friend of mine, be like, yo, who was that guy in that picture who looks like Legolas meets Alex Turner? And I was like, tell him to DM me, and he apparently dm me i never got a dm and then i saw this friend who was supposed to introduce so i was like yo your friend never dm me and i was like you need to make sure he dms me before like we leave today because i need the confirmation that he's messaged me yeah. so he messaged me that it up we start dming some and at first i was like i don't know about this guy and i was like let me i'm i was like i don't know he's hot but whatever so I kind of wrote him off but then he's a writer and he like writes music stuff and he like wrote this article about me and sent me this like amazingly (laughs) hilarious thing and when I saw that I was like all these plays on words and I was like okay this guy might be my vibe yeah so then I was like here's my number let's go and we just immediately started talking and Lauren like I said after like one day or two days it was just non-stop the most fun conversations i ever had and i never had that with my ex and i was like what the fuck is
0: happening you didn't and sleep i'm sure because i didn't did sleep when adam sleep. and i were first falling in love we slept we slept four hours every night for a week or more yeah. just four yeah. hours and we were like living our best best
1: life it yeah. was i didn't know what the fuck was happening it was about a week of texting and then Nonstop. I'm saying like 16 messages boom 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 then he sends 16 boom 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 pictures fucking songs the playlists we made I was living a 16 year old fucking romantic
0: comedy it's it like, is pretty crazy how like young and stupid you feel you're like this is yeah. stupid and I like never want this to go away yeah
1: I just kept listening to Charlie XCX's song Claw's I highly recommend listening to it I don't know mm-hmm, if you've heard it mm-hmm, but I, mm-hmm. we kept listening to that and we then we finally got on a FaceTime and after the FaceTime I was like what the fuck and he was texting me he's like uh what is happening mm-hmm. and we were both like totally on the same page I and love. then it was like being shot through space like there was a good two weeks I can't even remember what happened no I, I, just, I get it I didn't sleep. You didn't sleep. I was messaging. I like was shaking. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was like so high on dopamine or serotonin. Yep. And because he wasn't in London, it was. Too, it, I was going to have to wait till we actually met in person, um, <laughs> which was making it worse. Oh my God, though. It was the most insane feeling. And it was just so easy. Like you always said, it was so easy. Yep. That's what I say that you're the blueprint. When I was with my ex, I would look at you and Adam and I was like y'all seem like you have so much fun you filmed this one vlog where it was like your birthday or something yeah and you were just driving around like getting vegan smoothies and I was like that seems healthy and fun yeah where why I want that but something in me was like no you can't find that but like
0: I knew everybody deserves that though Hey everyone, want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like I, you know, what you're explaining and the, is what I tell people, and it, they just think it sounds so. Like it is. It feels unique. You feel like you're the only person who's ever experienced it. Tr- trust me. I yeah, tr- truly yeah. felt like there's literally no way no one else will ever feel this yeah. way. Like yeah, no one else is gonna feel like I feel right now. But yeah, I I want people to feel that because it's it's life changing. Because you just realize yeah. how good how. How tasty life can truly be. And tasty.
1: Isn't that a good mm-hmm. word? It's just like,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so everybody deserves it. Everybody should experience that. And it should be easy. Um, and that's the thing that I tell people, they're like, it's just so complicated. You know, he feels this way and I feel that way. And I'm like, look, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say that every relationship should should look like mine. Never, never will I say that. But yeah, there's an element of ease that comes with the right relationships um I mean Adam and I were going through a lot like outside of our relationship I was still dealing with like calling off the wedding and like people still responding about that and dealing with that kind of trauma essentially and people's expectations Mm -hmm. and we were touring and that's actually during a time where tour was really like toxic and stuff so the outside world wasn't necessarily easy but like our relationship was easy like Mm -hmm it was yeah. just you you like we were melting we were melting into our relationship Melt. and like yeah. melting into like our conversations and like everything well else was like blacked out like it felt like and- the world was just you were separate from the world
1: yes and you said something in a message to me once i just what was it cuz i was like he he and i were both like on a rocket ship through space but it's also scary being on a rocket ship in space yes. with that mm-hmm. person. Vulnerability. So you had, yeah, vulnerability. That's what you're saying. You were like, it's both very explosive. So there'd be some where I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to back out of this. And then there's sometimes he was like doing that. But mm-hmm. we were both being like, no, this is real and amazing. Like we are not going to societal what relationship should look like labeling this as crazy and irresponsible because we would FaceTime for seven hours mm-hmm. a night and he's working a full-time job I'm <laughs> a musician I can sleep till three yeah. but he was still waking up at seven for work FaceTiming till four in the morning yeah I and just like laughing so much and but so part of me was like oh my god this is like crazy i shouldn't be doing this like this is so irresponsible and that's that vulnerability thing Mm -hmm. well Um, you
0: also i tell people you mm -hmm. only get the beginning of your relationship once Mm -hmm. and that's what you said and i feel like that's just you can't i mean your relationship adam and i they're gosh we're like still in our honeymoon phase but we have other shit that we go through now and we've like you know Mm -hmm. uh, our relationship we've been married now for three years but like we're still in the honeymoon phase and the thing is But the thing is like our, the beginning part, um, we can, we reminisce about that beginning part all the time and we can, we can like still like mm-hmm. feel those feelings when we talk about yes. it and we think about it and it's like, we can quickly trans transport ourselves and our love like back to that spot. But I think yes. that's because we were so present in the beginning of our relationship and we, you know, I recommend everyone watch Brene Brown, you, the just the the main one, the the, the first thing on you know, the TED talk that she did of the power of vulnerability, we watched Mm -hmm. that the very beginning of our relationship when he and I were just like falling very fast, very quickly, very hard in our love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things were getting scary in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we watched that and realized that you can't, you can't fully experience love. You can't fully experience like that drugged feeling unless you Mm -hmm. truly let yourself be vulnerable. And so we were sending each other messages, like love letters. I mean, just like the most gross and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like romantic, like if anyone ever read it, they would be like, oh my God, like this is, I don't know if they would think it's gross or think it's the cutest thing they've ever seen in their life. I don't know. It depends on who you are, but they were yeah. like these love letters and I, we would send them and then we would get self-conscious because like, you know, they wouldn't respond right away and then like walls yeah. would start to go up. But then we would yeah. remind ourselves of that vulnerability and being like this, I have to feel vulnerable if I'm going to feel, I have to feel this like gut feeling if I'm going to feel the high feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, and, yeah. that, and that's just really important, especially in the beginning of the relationship where you're never going to get that beginning ever again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the walls up thing on when they respond. Mm-hmm. thats the That was the thing I was having trouble with because he would be at work or whatever and wait 20 minutes to respond. I'm like, oh my God, it's over. <laughs> it's over. And, I, and previous me would be like, it's the classic, all that love shit is so shitty mm. and dumb. And then you experience it and now I'm like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you think it's like somehow going to...
0: Um, what's the word? I don't know if this is the right word, but like disempower you by feeling love. But love is like yeah. the best, most empowering feeling. Yes. If you let it.
1: I saw a TikTok about this the other day. This girl's like, why can having an amazing connection with someone is rare and special? Why? How is that considered weak? Like it strengthens you. It like it really does. And it, it's not, it's not like a, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know why. The world has... Maybe it's a way to divide people so that they don't want... Love and anything like that is seen as cheesy and feminine and Mm. they want to divide it or whatever. Again, like, feminine interests are seen as... Like, a woman in love is cheesy, but a man in love is so amazing. Right. You know?
0: Right. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah.
1: Like, a man doing these... I mean, some... I mean, they might say he's a simp, but the simp culture is so dumb. It is really. It's powerful and amazing and rare to have a connection with someone. So it's it's not weak and it hasn't taken away from my career at all. It's added it's just too. It, yeah. It's yeah. just made it better. It's supportive. Easier. It's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like having a nice swimming pool to splish splash around in. That's what the relationship <laughs> feels
0: like. Yeah. You know. Do you think your um your relationship with your ex, do you think it's part of the reason why you, you know, kept going back or kept going back into it perhaps was because you felt because you felt grateful. You felt like you were a prisoner to that gratefulness of him helping you through the beginning of London.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely.
0: I feel like, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a Glennon Doyle topic of feeling grateful to somebody and feeling basically imprisoned to it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's I mean, that's not healthy. And, and a lot of people I do that. I've struggled with that with my parents. A lot of people mm-hmm. struggle with that with their with their parents. Or anyone they yeah. feel grateful to. Um yeah. they feel like they are um obliged to or responsible to be always be in in debt. And that's not the way mm-hmm. to be. You can be thankful, um, but that doesn't mean you are in debt to that person. Yes. You're indebted. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I think perhaps maybe you had felt that with your ex and look like for me, I, I was actually told that I was hard to love. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know, which is crazy because I mean, for me now, I, 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 I think it comes up sometimes, but I always loved myself. I I'm grateful for that. I've, I've always had itself a good relationship with myself. Um, but I didn't think that someone else could han- handle, and listen to mm-hmm. that verbiage, like, could handle yeah. me, uh, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's negative, that's not a right way to speak about myself, um, and I'm I'm really not complicated, but I, I really, I was told I was, and I was told mm-hmm. I was difficult, and I was told I was complicated, and I was, you know, all these things about myself, which really are, I'm learning are really quite untrue. Um yep. and you know, Adam has verified this, but also I'm just yeah. as I am learning more about myself. I'm just I'm I'm learning the truth uh, of me and not what I've been told. And that was the thing with my ex was that I I thought that, you know, he loved me and that I because I'm complicated or hard to love or whatever you know, I'm not going to find somebody else who basically will deal with me. And that is what I settled on. And that is what, that on top of um, being told my whole life that marriage is supposed to be hard. Like in Christianity, it's like marriage is the refiner. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. And it's like the thing that like brings you closer to God because you're just being shaped because that person will try you and test you and bother you and upset you. And it's just going to be the hardest thing you'll ever do. And so I'm like, well, if marriage is hard, I guess at least I have a start. Like I have a leg up because I, this relationship is hard. And so I thought it was a
1: prerequisite.
0: Yeah, that
1: is so fucked up. I know that's just I mean, that's just old shit to keep women in their relationships so that they could be slaves to their men back in the day.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, right. And I which mean, I would I could I which I didn't handle. Uh, and that's part of like why I, I broke it off, because I realized that that is what, you know, kind of mm-hmm. what my ex was expecting. And,
1: and com- complex men like actors, Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. all these actors fucking Harry Styles, I don't know the complex men he's into mm-hmm. poetry and he's feminine and masculine mm. and oh and he also like that and and he has moods and he's like that's a pro in men. Super complexity in men is like wow, I want that. But super complexity in women is like put her mm. in a cabin in the woods, mm. you know. Mm. That's she's an outcast. Complex so women with multiple different viewpoints and interests is like women should just be one dimensional. That's like mm. just the message mm. you get all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. complicated men are considered, Ooh, that's artistic. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know, no, even you're, look you're at right. like Kanye. Like I don't <laughs> ha- like to bring him up, but he's fucking, I don't know what's, I'm not saying he has what or what, but at the end of the day, so many people will be respect like, him. yes, respect him. Cause mm-hmm. he's a genius. Mm-hmm. No matter what terrorizing right. he's doing. He's his a genius.
0: Family. Not crazy. So, you exactly.
1: Know. And yeah. he's even saying he's a genius. But if a woman acted like that, if a woman was doing all the things that he was doing, like, that would never last. Yeah. She'd be like cancelled or be like, that's insane. Like what women are considered geniuses like that. And then like I guess like women producers that I think of geniuses like, I don't know, like Image and Heap or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like the I feel like the women producers who men respect as geniuses are kind of these like not shiny yeah, the more they're not shiny pop star women, but like Ariana Grande, she like comps her own vocals and does all this stuff. But people are like, does she really comp her vocals though? Is she really writing those songs? It's like, it's constantly being questioned. Like, if you're beautiful and entertaining and mm-hmm. like a pop star, like, do you really do that? But you almost have to be a grubby, not the Imogen Heap is grubby, but like she's not in the spotlight. You have like to Ariana fit, you Grande. have to fit
0: like the stereotype. You have to yeah, fit like this to- little box to fit in that, th- yeah, uh, that nerd- people can understand.
1: Yeah, a nerdy woman who's in the back. Okay, she might be a genius, but whoa, a pop star genius? No, but Kanye's a pop star and a genius. You see what I mean? Right. Um, men men can be hot and amazing and genius, but women, it's like whoa, no, it's the classic dated idea that people think isn't around still, but it still is. Like you can't have like beauty and brains, like that convoluted thing. It's still a really strong stereotype. You just look
0: right what's out there, you know, right. Which, you know, it goes back to like the thing that I first went to counseling for, um, the, the verbiage I used, I I remember this so clearly. I, I remember telling her I was a walking contradiction. I was Uh like, I feel this or I'm into this, but, and I'm also into this. I'm like, I wanted to be like, I was like, well, if I'm, if I'm spiritual, I must be a yogi. Or if I'm not, or if I'm into makeup, I guess I must be girly or if I'm blah, 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 I have to be, yeah. the, you know, and then also fitting the, 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 um, perspectives that people would have of me. It was like the same, like sort of, uh, mind thing that I was going through. And I, I, I remember her just saying, you're like, okay, first of all, we're not going to say contradiction because that's negative. You're not mm-hmm. watching contradiction. Um, and you're not crazy. You're not, you know, all these things. It It's, she, and, you know, she just kind of went in and explained to me that you're dynamic and that's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And it's just, yeah, you're right. It, it reminds me that that's a lot of the times if you are, you know, a woman, if you're a female, you really are grown to be, like you said, that one dimensional um, human. Uh, something that people, something that people can um, mm-hmm. like digest. And, yeah. and 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 not have to figure out. So anyway, like, yeah. you know, goes back to all that and being hard to love and all of that, whatever. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, that I was just so curious about your your uh your blueprint situation and then also your p- potentially feeling like you had to be indebted almost to your ex because of yeah. how how that relationship kind of got you on your feet in a new city. Yes.
1: And and when I would like looking back at it if I would say one opinion one day and like I said he would question me and then the next day if I changed my mind he'd be like well yesterday you said this Mm -hmm. like I didn't feel like I could change my mind all the time yeah and almost to the outside world I felt like people would think he was the biggest feminist and I think he is but like in the inside it did feel like very like an oppressive kind of relationship. Mm. I don't know. Maybe his next relationship is going to be great. We yeah. just weren't a match, but right. we're still friends. And I have so much like respect for him. Like we're way better friends now. Um, yeah. But yeah, my new relationship. I'm just like I feel like I can change my mind and shift things. And even the other day, like I've started experimenting with like wearing a uniform every day. Mm-hmm. I like got this like black t shirt and these like black sweatpants, and I'm like this is my uniform. But then I have this voice in my head, like, you can't be seen in the same thing every day by people like you can't like people are going to think you don't have any clothes if you're just wearing the same <laughs> thing every day. And then the other part of me, which has a more wild wardrobe, sometimes I want to be preppy and like pink plaid. And some days I want to be like more masculine in this. So then a voice in my head is saying, you can't be changing up your style this much. Like, you need to have a theme. So mm-hmm. people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, what are you supposed to do?
0: You know, right? Well, and you know, and the, that's the thing I tell people is, and and the thing that I've been, um, I think I was, I almost was going into this at one point. I was talking about how, um, you're allowed to to change your mind, and even within like the uniform thing, or or wearing eccentric, you know, eclectic kind mm-hmm. of clothing. Well, you can go through phases of each of those things, and that's more than okay. I mean, that's. That's yeah. great. I I the verbiage I've used is you can try things on and that I mean that I we're talking literally yeah. here with with clothes but also like I say you can try things on meaning like you can try on a new um tradition or you can try on a new way of speaking or you can try on a new um like spiritual practice and you don't just because you try it one day or just because you try it for a week or a month, or a year, mm-hmm. or a couple years. That doesn't mean that you can't stop at any given moment and try something else. Yep. And I. Think oh my god, I love that. I think that's just like what what. Not not just women. I mean, all humans should be allowed. Should be mm-hmm. should know that. Um. And and if if you're listening to this and you're looking for a permission slip, I I will be me and Barry. We will sign that permission yep. slip for you. You are yep. allowed to try things on and it's okay. And more than okay, It's it, you need that. Like th- in this human life, in this earth school, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you need to try things on or else, I mean, you're just going to sit on the sidelines and wait for something to fit perfectly. Yet ju- you can't, nothing will fit if you never try it on. Yeah. And
1: yes. And um, what is, what is that? I saw that. I think I, saw this quote on tiktok i think it was anne frank it's like why do more dead people get flowers than living Mm. people Mm -hmm. and it's because what we we value we're we're more we value regret more than gratitude Mm -hmm. Mm so i think women and other people are just i'm talking from the perspective of women but we live from the state of like regret instead of just being grateful for what we have and like wanting to try new stuff instead we're living in this fear base of like if I don't do this and I'm not you know what I mean yeah I'm gonna get this and we live in this fear of regret instead of just being grateful and moving forward right because regret is a backwards facing fear
0: thing yeah so it's awful get the flowers now
1: <laughs> yeah get the flowers now I- I, and spend the $50 if you can on a new sweater, even if it might be a, a crazy sweater that you won't wear in a month, just try it. I'm so bad. I always say, what's $50 over the course of a lifetime? What's a thousand dollars over the course of a lifetime? And, but I'm, I've just really been living in the space of like, I want to try things. I want to get this. I want to do this. And if I change my mind about it later, like Marie Kondo says, like, it's so, okay if you, if you buy something the experience of buying it is what brought you the joy. Maybe you don't even wear it, but the experience of buying it brought
0: Mm -hmm. you the joy. So donate it. You don't have to hold on to that. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. true. You're not indebted to your past decisions.
1: Yes, exactly. So, wow. Yeah, I just want to, I want, this has been a very illuminating conversation. (laughs) I guess that's like my bottom line of what I want to and what I do write about is just, I, I want to switch up and change a bunch of genres. That's okay. Like, sorry, I'm jumping around here, no, but you're good. there was like a producer I worked with who said, like, my genres were not, um, they were too clashing. My references were too clashing. Yeah. You know? So I was like, how can I mix up K Tronada and Arctic Monkeys, mm-hmm.
0: but like a pop bop? And I and then, love that about you because, you know, my sister and I always said the same thing, not like those specific artists, <laughs> but um, yeah. we always were like a little bit of that, a little bit of this and a sprinkle of that. And they're like, yeah. no, no, pick one. And we're like, um, n- no, like, no. we want to be our own version. Anyway, I wish I, I wish yes. we would have been able to stick to our own guns more. But the yeah. industry we're in and, you know, my, my parents both yeah. being involved and Christian, blah, blah, blah. It, it made it quite complicated. But you're always yeah. an inspiration in that way. And just like. Taking the combos that you wanted and like putting it into this like berry blender and coming up with whatever, whatever the heck smoothie you want it. You're like, no, this, this is it. Well, I think
1: like when you were saying we're looking for permission, we're looking for precedence. Yeah. What I, what I was going to bring up, there's this artist, Reina Sawayama. Mm -hmm. She is this amazing Japanese British artist, one of my favorite artists. And she has this album that literally goes from like heavy new metal to like super shiny pop. Yeah. And when I heard this shit, I was like, this bitch switches genres up. But she's one of the hottest artists in England. She was um, voted like the number one or top 10 something albums in Metacritic of the year. Elton John named it his favorite album of the year. And now everyone's like, wow, oh my God, she switches up genres so much. This is so amazing. And I'm like, I've, literally I so many other artists have literally been, probably you know had the same experience of going to producers and them saying whoa it's too many things but mm-hmm. just one female and i love that she's japanese and british breaks through sets of presidents now everybody well that's you know, the thing the you know
0: you make good shit nobody cares what it looks like or whatever yeah. it's just like you nobody cares about the boxes if it's good exactly so and just keep on making good like just yeah don't listen to anybody else just make good make good stuff but, and it literally doesn't matter
1: and it doesn't matter if it's never been done before, because so many men have done things that have never been done before. When you hear the first this, the first that, it's usually men who invented it, whether it's apps or inventions or songs or genres or whatever. But like there's not as many role models for women to look up to. So we need more women who are setting precedents and doing things no one else has done
0: before Woo. and sticking to it, Agreed. you know? Agreed. So you you, mm-hmm. you heard it here first. ladies. Everyone, but we're speaking of ladies uh, today. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Because it's the ladies' day. Adam's not even (laughs) here. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna Adam's gonna listen to this and he's gonna help me edit it and it's it'll be fun. I can't wait for him to like just listen through and just be like, Wow, wow. I'm glad you guys (laughs) just got to like go for it.
1: Yes, I love that this is the first the first podcast. Is it first one without Adam? Um Yeah,
0: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is.
1: We do miss him. We do we miss, miss Adam. you,
0: Adam. Adam, honestly, is uh, I love him. Like he's honestly such a great conversationalist, and he would add awesome things to this conversation. But I think there's an element of like, oh, this is like, yeah, girl chat. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> that I love. We so, love. and
0: I think, I think, I think, uh, listeners, let me know if you like this kind of thing, and we can have more like girl chats. And and guys, yes. if you're listening, please, please listen. Like, please listen to girl chats. This is your opportunity to hear and yes. to learn and to grow. Um, but yeah, Barry, you're amazing. Thank you for Thank you. wanting to be on the uh, podcast today and creating this episode yeah. where we can just chat and people can listen in. And um, yeah, it's just always fun to talk with you.
1: Yes, and I'm gonna. I feel empowered now to go produce a song that's genre bending. Hell <laughs> yeah! You know, yeah, even more genre bending. And there is there is more that i can't wait for you to hear it Yay. you haven't heard
0: it yet oh my gosh well that being said um go follow barry barry go ahead and shout out your uh all your your socials oh yeah
1: everything is barry galaska b-e-r-r-y g-a-l-a-z-k-a <laughs> <laughs> at barry Alaska, and yeah my that's on spotify and everything okay. it's on Man hang is out now and my next single is coming out next month it's a really fun song about how i my mom told me to stand up to my bullies in fourth grade, so oh, I choked yeah. a girl, and uh, and it turned out great. Oh so my that, gosh, that's, that's a fun one coming I can't out. Wait, Aww. talk about breaking stereotypes. Oh my gosh, you know what I'm saying. I love it. Uh, and then my EP is coming out in March, so <gasps> just look out for that. So if you just. Yeah, the best, the best thing is follow on Spotify so that you can get it in your new music Friday. Yeah, that would be the best. That's the best way to to do that. Yep. Um, But yeah, on my TikTok things, you know, my TikTok is totally different than my Instagram. So yeah, they're two, two different curations
0: of busy content. And I love it. And you guys should check it out. She's hilarious and fun and just uh, a overall good person. So check her out. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time. Bye.